This is the Internet Multicasting Service. Harper Audio presents Much Ado About Nothing by William Shakespeare. Rachel Roberts as Beatrice and Rex Harrison as Benedict trade verbal barbs in some of the bard's most amusing love scenes. I learned in this letter that Don Pedro Vanagon comes this night to Messina. He's very near by this. He was not three leagues off when I left him. How many gentlemen have you lost in this action? Well, but few of any sort, and none of them. A victory is twice itself when the achiever brings home full numbers. I find here that Don Pedro hath bestowed much honour on a young Florentine called Claudia. Much deserved on his part and equally remembered by Don Pedro. He has borne himself beyond the promise of his age, doing in the figure of a lamb the feats of a lion. He had indeed better, better expectation than you must expect of me to tell you how. He had an uncle here, Messina, who will be very much glad of it. I've already delivered him letters, and there appears much joy in him. Even so much that joy could not show itself modest enough without a badge of bitterness. Did he break up into tears? In great measure. A kind overflow of kindness. There are no faces truer than those that are so washed. How much better is it to weep at joy than to joy at weeping? I pray you, is Signor Montanto returned from the wars on earth? I know none of that name, lady. There was none such in the army of any sort. And what is he that you asked for, niece? My cousin means Signor Benedict of Padua. Oh, he's returned, and as pleasant as ever he was. He set up his bills here in Messina, and challenged Cupid at the flight. And my uncle's fool, reading the challenge, subscribed for Cupid and challenged him at the birds. <laughs> <laughs> I pray you, how many had he killed and eaten in these wars? But how many has he killed? For indeed, I promised to eat all of his killing. Faith, niece, you tax Signor Benedict too much. But he'll be meet with you, I doubt it not. He has done good service, lady, in these wars. You had must be little, and he has helped to eat it. He's a very valiant trencher man. He has an excellent stomach. And a good soldier, too, lady. And a good soldier to a lady? But what is he to a lord? A lord to a lord, a man to a man. Stuffed with all honourable virtue. Oh, it is so indeed. He is no less than a stuffed man. But for the stuffing... Well, we are all mortal. You must not, sir, mistake, my niece. There's a kind of merry war betwixt Signor Benedict and her. They never meet, but there's a skirmish of wit between them. Alas, he gets nothing by that. In our last conflict, four of his five wits went halting off, and now it's the whole man governed with one. So that if he have wit enough to keep himself warm, let him bear it for a difference between himself and his horse. For it is all the wealth that he has left to be known a reasonable creature. Who is his companion now? He has every month a new sworn brother. It's possible. Very easily possible. He wears his face, but as the fashion of his hat. It ever changes with the next block. I see, lady, the gentleman is not in your books. And no, and he were, I would burn my study. <laughs> but I pray you, who is his companion? Is there no young square and now that will make a voyage with him to the devil? He's most in the company of the right noble Claudio. Oh, Lord, he will hang upon him like a disease. He is sooner caught than the pestilence, and the taker runs pleasantly mad. God help the noble Claudia. If he have caught the Benedict, it will cost him a thousand pounds that he be cured. I will hold friends with you, lady. Do, good friend. You will never run mad, niece. No, not in a hot January. Don Pedro's approach. Our good signor Leonardo. Are you come to meet your trouble? The passion of the world is to avoid cost, and you encounter it. Never came trouble to my house in the likeness of your grace. For trouble being gone, and comfort should remain. But when you depart from me, sorrow abides and happiness takes his leave. You embrace your charge too willingly. I think this is your daughter. Her mother hath many times told me so. Were you in doubt, sir, that you asked her? Has he no Benedict? No. But then were you a child. <laughs> you have it full, Benedict. We may guess by this what you are, being a man. <laughs> <laughs> Truly the lady fathers herself. 
Be happy, ladies, for you are like her honorable father. If Senior Leonardo be her father, she would not have his head on her shoulders for all Messina as like him as she did. I wonder that you will still be talking, Senior Benedict. Nobody marks you. What? My dear Lady Disdain, are you yet living? Is it possible this dame should die? Will she have such meat food to feed it as Signor Benedict? Courtesy itself must convert to disdain if you come in her presence. Then is courtesy a turncoat? It is certain I am loved of all ladies, only you excepted. And I would I could find in my heart that I had not a hard heart, but truly I love none. But dear happiness to women, they would else have been troubled with a pernicious suitor. I thank God and my cold blood, I am of your humor for that. I had rather hear my dog bark at a crow than a man swear he loves me. God keep your ladyship still in that mind. So some gentleman or other shall escape a predestinate scratched face. Scratching could not make it worse with such a face as yours. Well, well, you're a rare parrot teacher. The bird of my tongue is better than the beast of yours. I would my horse had the speed of your tongue, so good a continuer. But keep your way, God's name. I have done. You always end with a jade trick. I know you of old. That is the sum of all, Leonardo. Mm. Signor Claudio and Signor Benedict, my dear friend Leonardo have invited you all. I tell him we shall stay here at the least a month, and he heartily prays some occasion may detain us longer. I dare swear he is no hypocrite, but prays from his heart. If you swear, my lord, you shall not be forceful. <laughs> <laughs> Let me bid you welcome, my lord, being reconciled to the prince your brother. I owe you all duty. I thank you. I am not of many words, but I thank you. Uh, please, if your grace, lead on. Your hand, Leonardo. We will go together. Benedict, didst thou note the daughter of Signor Leonardo? I noted her not, but I looked on her. Is she not a modest young lady? Do you question me as an honest man should do for my simple, true judgment? Or would you have me speak after my customers being a professed tyrant to their sex? No, I pray thee, speak in sober judgment. Why, faith? They think she's too low for a high praise, too brown for a fair praise, and too little for a great praise. Only this commendation I can afford her, that were she other than she is, she were unhandsome, and being no other but as she is, I do not like her. But I think as I am in sport, I pray thee, tell me truly how thou likes her. Would you buy her that you inquire after? Can the world buy such a jewel? Yea, in a case to put it into. But speak you this with a sad brow, or do you play the flouting jack to tell us Cupid is a good hair finder and Vulcan a rare carpenter? Come, in what key shall a man take you to go in the song? In my eyes, she is the sweetest lady that ever I looked on. I can see yet without spectacles, and I see no such matter. And there's her cousin, and she were not possessed with a fury, exceeds her as much in beauty as the first of May doth the last of December. I hope you have no intent to turn husband, have you? I would scarce trust myself, though I have sworn the contrary. Hero would be my wife. Is unto this? In faith, has not the world one man, but he will wear his cap with suspicion? Shall I never see a bachelor of three score again? Oh, go to it, faith. Now it needs thrust thy neck into a yoke, wear the print of it, sigh away Sunday. Oh, look, Don Pedro is returned to seek you. Uh, what secrets have held you here that you followed not Leonardo's? I would, Your Grace, would constrain me to tell. I charge thee on thy allegiance. You hear, Count Claudio. I can be secret as a dumb man, I would have you think so, but on my allegiance, I mark you this, on my allegiance. He is in love. With who? Now, that is Your Grace's part. Hmm? Well, mark how short his answer is. 
with Hero, <laughs> Leonardo's short daughter. If this were so, so were it uttered. Like the old tale, my lord, it is not so, nor twas not so, but indeed, God forbid, it should be so. If my passion changed not shortly, God forbid it should be otherwise. Well, amen, if you love her for the lady, very well worthy. You speak this to fetch me in, my lord. By my troth, I speak my thoughts. And in faith, my lord, I spoke mine. By two faiths and troths, my lord, I spoke mine. But I love her, I feel. That she is worthy, I know. I neither feel how she should be loved, nor know how she should be worthy, is the opinion that fire cannot melt out of me. I will die in it at the stake. Oh, thou wast ever an obstinate heretic in the despite of beauty. And never could maintain his part but in the force of his will. That a woman conceived me, I thank her. That she brought me up, I likewise give her most humble thanks. But that I will have a recheat winded in my forehead, or hang my bugle in an invisible baldric, all women shall pardon me. But I will not do them the wrong to mistrust any, I will do myself the right to trust none. And the sign is, which I may go the finer, I will live a bachelor. I shall see thee ere I die look pale with love. With anger, with sickness, or with hunger, my lord, not with love. Prove that ever I lose more blood with love than I will get again with drinking, pick out mine eyes with a ballad maker's pen and hang me up in the door of a brothel house for the sign of blind cupid. <laughs> well, if ever thou dost fall from this faith, thou wilt prove a notable argument. Well, if I do, hang me in a bottle like a cat and shoot at me. And he that hits me, let him be tapped on the shoulder and call Adam. Well, as time shall try, in time the savage bulls up there the yoke. The savage bull may. But if ever the sensible Benedict bear it, pluck off the bull's horns and set them in my forehead. And let me be vilely painted, and in such great letters as they write, here is good horse to hire. Let them signify under my sign. Here you may see Benedict, the married man. If this should ever happen, thou wouldst be home mad. Hey, if Cupid have not spent all his quiver in Venice, thou wilt quake for this shortly. I look for an earthquake, too, then. <laughs> well, you will temporize with the hours. In the meantime, good Signor Benedict, repair to Leonardo's, commend me to him, and tell him I will not fail him at supper. Oh, indeed, he hath made great preparation. I have almost matter enough in me for such an embassage, and so I commit you to the tuition of God from my house if I had it. The 6th of July, your loving friend, Benedict. <laughs> Nay, mock not, mock not. The body of your discourse is sometimes guarded with fragments, and the guards are but slightly basted on, neither. Ere you flout old ends any further, examine your conscience. <laughs> so I leave you. This has been Harper Audio. Harper Collins is the copyright owner of this recording and has consented to a limited distribution of Harper Audio as an 8 kilohertz computer sound file on Internet Town Hall. It is a violation of United States and international copyright laws to copy these recordings in any other way. Harper Audio is a trademark of Harper Collins Publishers Inc. To order a copy of this tape or to request a catalog of all Harper Audio spoken word cassettes, please call 1-800-C-HARPER or 717-941-1214 or send mail to harper at town.hall.org. This has been a production of the Internet Multicasting Service. Support for Harper Audio is provided by HarperCollins and by Sun Microsystems and O'Reilly & Associates. Network connectivity for the Internet Multicasting Service is provided by UUNet Technologies and MFS Datanet. This is the Internet Multicasting Service. Harper Audio presents Rex Harrison and Rachel Roberts in Much Ado About Nothing by William Shakespeare. 
In this sprightly comedy, a wicked uncle tries to thwart his niece's marriage. It must not come, John, here at supper. Well, I saw him not. How crafty that gentleman looks. I never can see him, but I'm half burned an hour after. He's of a very melancholy disposition. He were an excellent man that were made just in the midway between him and Benedict. The one is to like an image and says nothing, and the other to like my lady's eldest son, ever more tactly. Then half Senior Benedict's tongue in Count John's mouth, and half Count John's miracle in Senior Benedict's face. With a good leg and a good foot ankle, and money enough in his purse, such a man would win any woman in the world if he could get her goodwill. Oh, by my troth, niece, I would never get thee a husband if thou be so shrewd of thy tongue. You think she's too cursed? Too cursed is more than cursed. I shall lessen God's sending that way. For it is said, God sends a cursed cow short horns, but to a cow too cursed, he sends none. Oh, so by being too cursed, God will send you no horns? Just, if he send me no husband. <laughs> For the which blessing, I'll ask him upon my knees every morning and evening. Oh, Lord, I could not endure a husband with a beard in his face. I had rather lie in the woolen. You may lie on a husband and have no beard. What should I do with him? Dress him in my apparel and make him my waiting gentlewoman. He that hath a beard is more than a youth, and he that hath no beard is less than a man. But he that is more than a youth is not for me. And he that is less than a man, I am not for him. Therefore, I will even take sixpence in earnest of the barrel and leave his apes into hell. Well, then, go you into hell? No, but at the gate. And there will the devil meet me, like an old cuckold with horns in his head, and say, get you to heaven, Beatrice, get you to heaven. Here's no place for you maids. So deliver I up my apes, and away to St. Peter. For the heavens, he shows me where the bachelors <laughs> sit, and there live we as merry as the day is long. <laughs>
lass, poor hurt fowl, now will he creep into sedges. That my lady Beatrice should know me and not know me? A prince's fool? Ah, it may be I go under that title because I'm merry. Yea, but I'm apt to do myself wrong. I, I'm not so reputed. It is the base, though bitter, disposition of Beatrice that puts the world into her person and so gives me out. Uh, I'll be revenged, as I may. Now, Signor, where's the plump? Did you see him? Oh, trust me, Lord, I have played the part of Lady Fame. I found him here as melancholy as a lodge in a warren. I told him, I think I told him truth, your grace had got the good will of this young lady, and I offered him my company to a willow tree, either to make him a garland as being forsaken, or to bind him up a rod as being worthy to be whipped. To be whipped? What's his fault? The flat transgression of a schoolboy, who being overjoyed with finding a bird's nest, shows it his companion, and he steals it. Oh, wilt thou make a trust to transgression? The transgression is in the stealer. Yet it has not been amiss that the rod has been made, and the garland, too. For the garland he might have worn himself, and the rod he might have bestowed on you. Who, as I take it, have stolen his birthmark? Oh, I will but teach them to sing, and restore them to the owner. Oh, oh, it's their singing, auntie, your saying, by my faith, you say, honestly. Now, the Lady Beatrice hath a quarrel to you. The gentleman that danced with her told her she is much wronged by you. Oh, she misused me past the endurance of a block. An oak that with one green leaf on it would have answered her. My very visor began to assume life and scold with her. She told me, not thinking I had been myself, that I was the prince's jester. That I was duller than a great Thor, huddling jest upon jest with that impossible conveyance upon me, that I stood like a man at a mark with a whole army shooting at me. She speaks poniards, and every word stabs. If her breath were as terrible as her terminations, there were no living near her. She would infect to the North Star. I wouldn't marry her, though she were endowed with all that Adam had left him before he transgressed. She'd have made Hercules have turned spit, yea, and have cleft his club to make the fire, too. Oh, come, talk not of her. You shall find her the infernal arte in good apparel. Oh, would to God some scholar would conjure her, for certainly while she is here, a man may live as quiet in hell as in a sanctuary. And people sin upon purpose because they would go thither. Though so indeed all disquiet, horror, and perturbation follow her. Look, here she comes. <clears throat> will your grace command me any service to the world's end? I will go on the slightest errand now to the antipodes you can devise to send me on. I will fetch you a toothpick now from the furthest inch of Asia, bring you the length of Prester John's foot, fetch you a hair of the great Cham's beard, do you any embassies to the pygmies rather than hold three words conference with this harpy? For you have no employment for me. None but to desire your good company. Oh, God, sir, here's a dish I love, but I can't endure my lady tongue. Come, lady, come, you have lost the heart of Senior Benedict. Indeed, my lord, he lent it me a while, and I gave him use for it. A double heart for his single one. Marry once before he won it of me, with false dice. Therefore, your grace may well say I have lost oh, it. Oh, you have put him <laughs> down, lady, you have put him down. Though I would not he should do me, my lord, lest I should prove the mother of fools. <laughs> I, I have brought Count Claudia, whom you sent me to seek. Why, how now, Count? Wherefore are you sad? Not sad, my lord. How then, sick? Neither, my lord. The Count is neither sad, nor sick, nor merry, nor well. But civil, Count. Civil as an orange, and something of that jealous complexion. If faith, lady, I think you're blazoned to be true. Though I'll be sworn, if he be so, his conceit is false. Here, Claudio, I have wooed in thy name, and fair hero is one. I have broke with her father, and his goodwill obtained. 
named the day of marriage, and God give thee joy. Count, take of me my daughter, and with her my fortunes. His grace hath made the match, and all grace say amen to it. Amen. amen. Speak, Count, tis your cue. Silence is the perfectest herald of joy. The little happy. I will but say how much. Ladies, you are mine. I am yours. I give away myself for you and dote upon the exchange. Speak, cousin, or if you cannot, stop his mouth with a kiss and let not him speak neither. Oh, face, lady, you have a merry heart. Yea, my lord, I thank it, poor fool. It keeps from the windy side of care. My cousin tells me his ear that he is in her heart. And so she does. Cousin. Good Lord for a lion. <laughs> that goes everyone in the world but I, and I am thundered. I may sit in a corner and cry hey-ho for a husband. Lady Beatrice, I will get you one. I would rather have one of your father's getting. Have your grace, near a brother like you. Your father got excellent husbands, if a maid could come by them. Will you have me, lady? No, my lord, unless I might have another for working days. Your grace is too costly to wear every day. But I beseech your grace, pardon me. I, I was born to speak all mirth and no matter. Your silence most offends me, and to be merry best becomes you, for out of question, you were born in a merry hour. Oh, sure, my lord, my mother cried. But then there was a star dance, and under that was I born. Cousin. God give you joy. And niece, will you look to those things I told you of? Oh, pray mercy, I've got by your grace's pardon. By my troth, a pleasant spirited lady. There's little of the melancholy element in her, my lord. She's never sad but when she sleeps, and not ever sad then. For I've heard my daughter say she hath often dreamt of unhappiness and waked herself with laughter. She cannot endure to hear tell of a husband. Oh, by no means. She mocks all her wooers out of suit. She were an excellent wife for Benedict. Oh, Lord, my lord. If they were but a week married, they would talk themselves mad. Now, <laughs> Claudio, when mean you to go to church? Tomorrow, my lord. Time goes on crutches till love have all his right. But not till Monday, my dear son, which is hence a just seven night. And the time too brief, too, to have all things answer my mind. Come, you shake the head at so long a breathing. But I warrant thee, Claudio, the time shall not go dully by us. I will, in interim, undertake one of Hercules' labours, which is to bring Senior Benedict and the late Beatrice into a mountain of affection, the one with the other. I would fain have it a match, and I doubt not but to fashion it if you three will but minister such assistance as I shall give you direction. My lord, I am for you, though it cost me ten nights watching. And I, my lord. And you too, gentle hero. I will do any modest office, my lord, to help my cousin to a good husband. And Benedict is not the unhopefulest husband that I know. Thus far can I place him. He is of a noble strain, of approved valor, and confirmed honesty. Now, I will teach you how to humor your cousin that she shall fall in love with Benedict. And I, with your two helps, will so practice on Benedict that in despite of his quick wit and his queasy stomach, he shall fall in love with Beatrice. If we can do this, Cupid is no longer an archer. His glory shall be ours, for we are the only love god. <laughs> Go in with me and I will tell you my drift. <laughs> This has been Harper Audio. Harper Collins is the copyright owner of this recording and has consented to a limited distribution of Harper Audio as an 8 kilohertz computer sound file on Internet Town Hall. It is a violation of United States and international copyright laws to copy these recordings in any other way. Harper Audio is a trademark of Harper Collins Publishers Inc. 
to order a copy of this tape or to request a catalog of all Harper Audio spoken word cassettes, please call 1-800-C-HARPER or 717-941-1214 or send mail to harper at town.hall.org. This has been a production of the Internet Multicasting Service. Support for Harper Audio is provided by Harper Collins and by Sun Microsystems and O'Reilly and Associates. Network connectivity for the Internet Multicasting Service is provided by UUNet Technologies and MFS Datanet. This is the Internet Multicasting Service. Harper Audio presents Much Ado About Nothing by William Shakespeare, starring Rex Harrison and Rachel Roberts. In this section, Hero, a virtuous maiden, pretends to be dead to help expose the villainous Don John. Is he done? It's both profound, And I'll warrant you for the love of Beatrice. And I've challenged thee most sincerely. What a pretty thing man is when he goes in his doublet and hose and leaves off his wit. He is then a giant to an ape. But then it's an ape adopted such a man. But soft you, let me be. Pluck up my heart and be sad. Did he not say my brother was splendid? Come, you, sir. Ah. If justice cannot change you, she shall ne'er weigh more reasons in her balance. Wait, go on. Nay, and you be a cursed hypocrite once you must be looked to. Oh, now, two of my brother's men bound, Baraccio one. Hearken after their offence, my lord. Officers, what offence have these men done? Marry, sir, they have committed false report. Moreover, they have spoken untruth. Untruth? Yes. Secondarily, they are slanders. Six, and lastly... They have designed a lady. Thirdly, they have verified unjust things. And to conclude, they are lying names. First, I ask thee what they have done. Thirdly, I ask thee what's their offence. Sixth, and lastly, why they are committed. And to conclude, what you lay to their charge. I should reason them in his own division. And by my troth, there's one meaning well suited. Who have you offended, masters, that you were thus bound to your answer? This learned constable is too cunning to be understood. What's your offence, sweet prince? Let me go no farther to mine answer. Do you hear me and let this count kill me? I have deceived even your very eyes. What your wisdoms could not discover, these shallow fools have brought to light. Who in the night overheard me confessing to this man how Don John, your brother, incensed me to slander the lady hero. How you were brought into the orchard and saw me caught Margaret in hero's garments. How you disgraced her when you should marry her. My villainy they have upon record, which I'd rather seal with my death than repeat over to my shame. The lady is dead upon mine and my master's false accusation, and briefly I desire nothing but the reward of a villain. Runs not this speech like iron through your blood? I have drunk poison while he uttered it. But did my brother set thee on to this? Yea, and paid me richly for the practice of it. He is composed and framed of treachery. And plaguey years upon this villainy. Sweet hero. Now thy image doth appear in the rare semblance that I loved it, sir. Come, bring away the plaintiffs. By this time our section hath reformed seemingly and art of the matter. And masters, do not forget to specify when time and place shall serve that I am an act. Here, here comes Master Senior Leonardo and the sexton too. Which is the villain? Let me see his eyes. That when I note another man like him, I may avoid him. Which of these is he? You would know your wronger. Look on me. Art thou the slave that with thy breath hast killed mine innocent child? Yea. 
Even I alone. No, not so, Willem. Thou beliest thyself. Here stand a pair of honorable men. A third is fled that had a hand in it. I thank you, princes, for my daughter's death. Record it with your high and worthy deeds. T'was bravely done, if you bethink you of it. I know not how to bear your patience. Yet I must speak. Choose your revenge yourself. Impose me to what penance your invention can lay upon my sin. Yet sinned I not but in mistake. By my soul, nor I. And yet to satisfy this good old man, I would bend under any heavy weight that he'll enjoin me to. I cannot bid you bid my daughter live. That were impossible. But I pray you both, possess the people in Messina here how innocent she died. And if your love can labor aught in sad invention, hang her an epitaph upon her tomb and sing it to her bones. Sing it tonight. Tomorrow morning come you to my house, and since you could not be my son-in-law, be yet my nephew. My brother hath a daughter, almost the copy of my child that's dead, and she alone is heir to both of us. Give her the right you should have given her cousin, and so dies my revenge. Oh, noble sir, your over-kindness doth bring tears for me. I do embrace your offer and dispose for henceforth of poor Claudia. Tomorrow, then, I will expect your coming. Tonight I take my leave. This naughty man shall face to face be brought to Margaret, who I believe was packed in all this wrong. Hard to it by your brother. No, by my soul she was not, nor knew not what she did when she spoke to me. But always have been just and virtuous in anything that I do know by her. Moreover, sir, which indeed is not under white and black, this plaintive fear the offender did call me at. I beseech you, let it be remembered in his punishment. And also... The watch heard them talk of one deformed. They see he wears a key in his ear and a lock hanging by it and borrows money in God's name, the which he hath used so long and never paid, that now men grow hard-hearted and will lend nothing for God's sake. Pray you examine him upon that point. I thank thee for thy care and honest pay. Your worship speaks like a most thankful and reverend youth, and I praise God for you. And there's for thy pains. God save the foundation. Go, I discharge you thy prisoner, and I thank thee. I leave an errant knave with your worship, which I beseech your worship to correct yourselves for the example of others. God keep your worship. I wish your worship well. God restore you to health. I only give you leave to depart, and if a merry meeting may be wished, God prohibit it. Amen. Come, neighbour. Until tomorrow morning, lords, farewell. Farewell, my lords. We look for you tomorrow. We will not fail. Tonight I'll mourn with you. And bring you these fellows on. We'll talk with Margaret how her acquaintance grew with this lewd fellow. <laughs> Margaret, deserve well at my hands by helping me to the speech of Beatrice. Will you then write me a sonnet in praise of my beauty? In so high a style, Margaret, that no man living shall come over it. For in most comely truth, thou deservest it. To have no man come over me? Why, shall I always keep the low stairs? <laughs> Thy wit is as quick as the greyhound's mouth, it catches. And yours as blunt as the pencil's foils, which hit but hurt not. A most manly wit, Margaret, it will not hurt a woman. <laughs> and so I pray thee, call Beatrice. I give thee the buckler. Give us the swords. We have bucklers of our own. If you use them, Margaret, you must put in the pikes with a vice. They are dangerous <laughs> weapons for me. Well, I will call Beatrice to you, who I think hath laid. And therefore will come. Da, 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 da. 
the God of love that sits above and knows and knows and knows me. How pitiful, how pitiful I deserve. <laughs> I mean in singing. But in loving, Leander the good swimmer, Troilus, the first employer of panthers, and a whole bookful of those quantum carpetmongers whose names yet run smoothly in the even road of a blank verse. Why, they were never so cruelly turned over and over in my poor self in love. Uh, Mary, I cannot show it in rhyme. I've tried. I can find no rhyme to lady but baby as innocent rhyme. Scorn, horn, hard rhyme. School, fool, a babbling rhyme. Very ominous ending. No, I was not born under a rhyming planet. No, I cannot woo in festival terms. Oh, sweet Beatrice, wouldst thou come when I call thee? Yes, senor, and depart when you bid me. Oh, stay but till then. Then is spoken. Fare you well now. And yet, ere I go, let me go with that I came for, which is with knowing what has passed between you and Claudia. Only foul words. And thereupon I will kiss And foul words is but foul wind, and foul wind is but foul breath, and foul breath is noisome. And therefore I will depart unkissed. Thou hast frightened the word out of his right sense, so forcible is thy wit. <laughs> but I must tell thee plainly, Claudio undergoes my challenge, and either I must shortly hear from him, or I will subscribe him a coward. Now, I pray thee, tell me, for which of my bad parts did thou first fall in love with me? For them all together, which maintain so politic a state of evil that they will not admit any good parts to intermingle with them. <laughs> but for which of my good parts did you first suffer love for me? Suffer love? A good epithet. I do suffer love indeed, for I love thee against my will. In spite of your heart, I think. A love for a heart. If you spite it for my sake, I will spite it for yours. For I will never love that which my friend hates. <laughs> Thou and I are too wise to woo peaceably. But it fears not in this confession. There's not one wise man among twenty that will praise himself. An old, an old instance, Beatrice, that lived in the time of good neighbours. If a man do not erect in this age his own tomb ere he dies, he shall live no longer in monument, and the bell rings, and the widow weeps. And how long is that, think you? A question? Why, an hour in clamour, and a quarter in room. Therefore it is most expedient for the wise, if John Worm, his conscience find no impediment to the contrary, to be the trumpet of his own virtues, as I am to myself. Yes, well, so much for praising myself, who I myself will bear witness is praiseworthy. Uh, now, tell me, how doth your cousin? Very ill. Oh, and how do you? Very ill, too. Serve God. Love me and men. Madam. There will I leave you, too, for here comes one in haste. Madam, you must come to your uncle. Yonder's old coil at home. It is proof my lady hero hath been falsely accused. The prince and Claudio mightily abused, and Don John is the author of all which said and gone. Will you come presently? You go hear this news, senor. I will live in thy heart, die in thy lap, and be buried in thy eyes. And moreover, I will go with thee to thy uncle. This has been Harper Audio. HarperCollins is the copyright owner of this recording and has consented to a limited distribution of Harper Audio as an 8 kHz computer sound file on Internet Town Hall. It is a violation of United States and international copyright laws to copy these recordings in any other way. 
Harper Audio is a trademark of HarperCollins Publishers, Inc. To order a copy of this tape or to request a catalog of all Harper Audio spoken word cassettes, please call 1-800-C-HARPER or 717-941-1214 or send mail to harper at town.hall.org. This has been a production of the Internet Multicasting Service. Support for Harper Audio is provided by HarperCollins and by Sun Microsystems and O'Reilly and Associates. Network connectivity for the Internet Multicasting Service is provided by UUNet Technologies and MFS Datanet. This is the Internet Multicasting Service. Harper Audio presents Much Ado About Nothing by William Shakespeare in a 1963 performance with Rex Harrison and Rachel Roberts. Virtue and justice triumph, evil is punished, and love conquers all in these final scenes. Is this the monument of Leonardo? It is, my lord. Done to death by slanderous tongues was the hero that here lies. Death in guerdon of her wrongs gives her fame which never dies. So the life that died with shame lives in death with glorious fame. Hang now there upon the tomb, praising her when I am dumb. Now music sound and sing your solemn hymn.
bones good night. Yearly will I do this right. Ah. Good morrow, masters. Put your torches out. The wolves have prayed. And look the gentle day before the wheels of Phoebus. Round about dapples the drowsy east with spots of grey. Thanks to you all and leave us. Fare you well. Good morrow, master. Each is several way. Come, let us hence and put on other weeds. And then to Leonato's we will go. And Hyman now is luckier as you see than this, for whom we rendered up this world. <laughs> Did I not tell you she was innocent? <laughs> so are the prince and Claudio, who accused her upon the error that you heard debated. Uh, but Margaret was in some fault for this, although against her will, as it appears the true cause of all the Christians. <laughs> well, I'm glad that all things sought so well. And so am I, being else by faith enforced to call young Claudio to a reckoning for her. Well, daughter, and you gentlewomen all, withdraw into a chamber by yourselves. And when I send for you, come hither, mask. The Prince and Claudio promised by this hour to visit me. You know your office, brother. You must be father to your brother's daughter and give her to young Claudio. Which I will do with comfort and countenance. Friar, I must entreat your pains, I think. To do what, Signor? To bind me, or undo me, one of them. Uh, Signor Leonardo, truth it is, good Signor, your niece regards me with an eye of favour. That I, my daughter, lent her is most true. <laughs> and I do with an eye of love uh, requite her. The sight whereof I think you had from me, from Claudio and the Prince. <laughs> but what's your will? Your answer, sir, is enigmatical. Uh, but for my will, uh, my will is your good will may stand with ours this day to be conjoined in the estate of honourable marriage, in which, good friar, I shall desire your help. My heart is with your liking. And my help. Here comes the Prince and Claudio. Good morrow to this fair assembly. Good morrow. Good morrow, Prince. Good morrow, Claudio. We here attend you. Are you yet determined today to marry with my brother's daughter? I hold my mind was she an Ethiop. Call her forth, brother. Here's the friar ready. Good morrow, Benedict. Mm. Why, what's the matter? That you have such a February face, so full of frost, of storm, and cloudiness. I think he thinks upon the savage bull. Charge, <laughs> fear not, man. We will tip thy horns with gold. And all you roper shall rejoice at thee, as once you roper did at lusty Jove when he would say the noble beast in love. Bull Jove, sir, had an amiable low. And some such strange bull leaped your father's cow and got a calf in that same noble feet, much like to you, for you have just his bleed. Here comes other red. Which is the lady I must seize upon? Mm, the same is she, and I do give you her. Why then, she's mine. Sweet, let me see your face. No, uh, that you shall not, till you take her hand before this friar and swear to marry her. Give me your hand before this holy friar. I am your husband, if you like of me. And when I lived, I was your other wife. Oh. And when you loved, you were my other husband. Another hero? Nothing certain. One hero died defiled, but I do live. And surely as I live, I am a maid. The former hero? Hero? She died, my lord, but whilst her slumber lived. All this amazement can I qualify. 
When after the holy rites are ended, I'll tell you largely of fair hero's death. Meantime, let wonder seem familiar, and to the chapel let us present. Dr. Fair, Friar. Which is Beatrice? I answer to that name. What is your will? Do not you love me? Why, no. No more than reason. Why, then your uncle and the prince and Claudia have been deceived, for they swore you did. Do not you love me? Uh, first, no, uh, no more than reason. Why, then my cousin, Margaret and Ursula are much deceived. But they did swear you did. They swore you were almost sick for me. They swore that you were well nigh dead for me. Tis no such matter. Then you do not love me. No. Truly, but in friendly recompense. Come, cousin, I'm sure you love the gentleman. And I'll be sworn upon that he loves her. For here's a paper written in his hand. A halting sonnet of his own pure brain. Passion to beer. And here's another written my cousin's hand. Stolen from her pocket. Containing her affection and divinity. Oh, a miracle. Here's our own hands against our hearts. Come, I will have thee. But by this light. I take thee for pity. I would not deny you. But by this good day, I yield upon great persuasion. <laughs> and, and partly to save your life, for I was told that you were in a consumption. Peace, I will stop your mouth. <laughs> How dost thou, Benedict? The married man. <laughs> I'll tell thee what, Prince. The college of witcrackers cannot stout me out of my humor. Dost thou think I care for a satire or an epigram? No. If a man were beaten with brains, he shall wear nothing handsome about him. In brief, since I do purpose to marry, I will think nothing to any purpose the world can say against it, and therefore never flout at me for what I have said against it. For man is a giddy thing, and this is my conclusion. For thy part, Claudio, I did think to have beaten thee, but in that thou art like to be my kinsman, live unbruised, and love my cousin. I had well hoped thou wouldst have denied, Beatrice, that I might have cudgelled thee out of thy single life to make thee a double dealer, which out of question thou wilt be if my cousin do not look exceedingly narrowly to thee. Let's have a dance when we're married. We may lighten our own hearts and our wives' heels. We'll have dancing afterwards. First of my words, therefore play music. Prince, thou art sad. Get thee a wife. Get thee a wife. There's no staff more reverend than one tipped with horns. <laughs> Lord, your brother John is ta'en in flight, brought with armed men back to Messina. Think not on him till tomorrow. I'll devise thee brave punishments for him. Strike up, Python! <laughs> Harper Audio. Harper Collins is the copyright owner of this recording and has consented to a limited distribution of Harper Audio as an 8 kilohertz computer sound file on Internet Town Hall. It is a violation of United States and international copyright laws to copy these recordings in any other way. 
Harper Audio is a trademark of HarperCollins Publishers, Inc. To order a copy of this tape or to request a catalog of all Harper Audio spoken word cassettes, please call 1-800-C-HARPER or 717-941-1214 or send mail to harper at town.hall.org. This has been a production of the Internet Multicasting Service. Support for Harper Audio is provided by HarperCollins and by Sun Microsystems and O'Reilly and Associates. Network connectivity for the Internet Multicasting Service is provided by UUNet Technologies and MFS Datanet.